Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now uh, is an on-air radio veteran more than 30 years. There's little David Weiss hasn't done in his broadcast career, from his days in Rhode Island, Massachusetts as a news and sports anchor, as well as host of a live matchmaking dating show, uh, to his native Long Island, where he hosted a number one rated morning show for more than 13 years. He was the Walk Breakfast Club. Uh, currently, he can be heard as a weekend news anchor on the nation's top all news station, 1010 Winds in New York City, where he was there today. And he, we thank him for joining us in the studio. But we're talking a little bit. He's the longtime play-by-play voice of the Long Island Ducks. And we're going to talk a little bit, you know, where David's career has taken. He's been active in the community, does all sorts of things, charity stuff. He's also the editor of Golfing Magazine. We'll talk about that. So let's give a Sports Talk New York welcome to my friend, David Weiss. It is great to be back on 540. Right? It's like I took a little bit of a break in 2003, and now I'm back. Right. Back that, uh, David had a morning show on, on 540 and was all news. And uh, I was there once a week. I'd come in talk with my column oh, in Newsday. Great days. I, you know, I'm impressed with all the stuff that you dug out uh, about me. I'm tired just listening to that. <laughs> right. Well, you, know, it's just your, yeah, like you wrote Wikipedia it, right? I mean, it's your bio. Actually, you said over 30 years. It's, it's almost 40 years now. Wow. 38-year wow. career began in 1979. Yeah. So th- this, this is a sports talk show. So let's talk about the Ducks. Yeah. How, how did you start doing the play-by-play for the Ducks. Now, we'll talk about your broadcasts, which are a little different. Yeah. If you haven't listened, heard David's play-by-plays. It's more comedy than, uh, than it is play-by-play, but it's been a labor of love. I would pay them to do it, in fact. But with the Ducks, my association goes back to even before that first night at what was then called EAB Park. Right. That was the bank. That was the title sponsor for the ballpark. Yeah, before the bank went bust. That's exactly right. Uh, April 28, 2000, the Ducks hosting the Nashua Pride. But you got to go back before that. You have to go back to the late 1990s when Frank Bolton, who would be the CEO of the entire Atlantic League, at that time he was the owner of the Albany Colony Yankees, a double-A farm club of the Yankees playing in Albany Colony, upstate New York. He wanted to move them to Long Island, build a ballpark, move them here. The Mets interceded, vetoing that idea, claiming territoriality within 50 miles as the bird flies to Shea Stadium at the time. So Frank... The, the ultimate driving force of everything, he is uh, such an incredible guy, he said, all right, I'm never going to succeed here in putting a, an affiliated team here on Long Island. I'm going to farm my own league. So he got some investors together. They formed the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball with eight teams, the Long Island Ducks being one of them. The team went into, uh, they were born in 1998. The Ducks, uh, of course, entered the league in the year 2000. And when I was hosting the Walk Breakfast Club morning show, uh, the program director, Bill Edwards, uh, was very supportive of my yearning to get a, a professional baseball team on Long Island. And we threw the weight of the radio station, Long Island's top station, behind this effort to get baseball to Long Island. My friendship with Frank grew from that. And when the Ducks were created, Frank said, what would you like to do? He said, to, he threw the door open. He said, would you like to be the PA guy? Would you like to do this, that? I said, all I want to do, all I've ever wanted to do, play by play. And That's you've it. never done play by play before? I've done plenty of it. Plenty of it, okay. Oh, yeah, going way back to uh, the okay. 70s. High school play-by-play. I was the play-by-play voice for two or three years of the Pawtucket Red Sox, AAA okay. team of the uh, Boston Red Sox during my years up in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. So how, how different was it then? You have not just a fledgling 
team, a fledgling league, basically, but a team, a league that's a little different than being AAA. You know, AAA, you've got players who are on the way up, and you know they're the next step up. In the Atlantic League, you have this combination of people who are trying to get back, who've been in the major leagues, and people who are trying to hang on and hold that last hope. So how do you, does that change the way you do a broadcast or deal with the team or the players? It doesn't really change it because it's baseball at its purest form. It's The guys who play in the Atlantic League obviously aren't getting rich. There aren't multi-million dollar contracts in this league. But as you mentioned, accurately, you've got players who have been to the show trying to get back there, others who have never been there, others who decided, I want to showca- showcase myself to all of the major league teams instead of being just pigeonholed to one team. And that's what you've got, a great mix, young and old guys in the middle, and everyone's so accessible. I mean, without exception, maybe John Rocker is the only one, but <laughs> without exception, everyone I've ever met in the Atlantic League, in terms of the players, couldn't be nicer to deal with. They were just open and, you know, great interviews and uh, cooperative. I mean, just great guys. So it doesn't play, it doesn't really uh, change what I do uh, behind the mic. So, so what was it like? You said everybody's nice except John Rocker. Yeah. How difficult was John Rocker in his brief time playing? For the Ducks. And I give credit to Frank Bolton, again, uh, the CEO of the, of the Long Island Ducks, and the opportunity he gave John Rocker several years ago. He was trying to remake himself. That very first news conference, he sat there with his PR person right next to him, guiding him on how to answer questions. That didn't last long. The reason Rocker didn't succeed here had as much to do with his mouth, but also what he did on the mound. Couldn't get anybody out. He was walking one batter after another, and it just didn't work out. But Frank gave him an opportunity, as he has given so many other players opportunities. So many players with great resumes have passed through the hallways and the playing field for the Ducks. One of my favorites was Carlos Baerga, a former New York Met, former Cleveland Indian, former All-Star. He was only with us for about three months before taking a a contract with the Samsung Lions in Korea or something. For for millions of dollars as opposed to 39 cents. But he, he was terrific. I did a great interview I saved on cassette tape. (laughs) <laughs> with Carlos Bayerga using my high school Spanish. It was all in Spanish. <laughs> I asked him over and over, where's the library? Donde está la biblioteca? He's laughing. We had a great time. And he, he was just a wonderful guy. You always wonder when you meet these players like a Lou Ford, who was a current Long Island Ducks, been with the Ducks for many years. Are these guys going to have such a massive ego? They're, they're going to seem a little standoffish? Not at all. They're happy to be here, love the big crowds, mm-hmm. and love the fact that Long Islanders love so baseball. Th- this is part of the Ducks experience was for me. A, a friend of mine had one of the luxury suites. And we'd go a couple of times a year and sit in his luxury. So he's all, you know, family, friends, group. Now, Buddy Harrelson was like the first base coach or the third base coach. So he's coaching the game. And then suddenly it's the fourth inning. And Buddy Harrelson's walking through the suites and greeting us in the suites. <laughs> this is what the, so here's the guy. He's a part owner of the team. Right. He's, you know, alternating between coaching first base and, you know, talking to the high rollers in the suites. That's really part of the experience. Absolutely. It's like. So let's talk about your calls. You know, your calls are different. So how would you say... What is different about your calls from your mind, and why do you try and do it differently than, say, so, you know, Howie Rose or John Sterling? Yeah, for me, it, 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 again, baseball is not really play-by-play. It's more narration. There's so much downtime in baseball when mm-hmm. you consider, you know, where the action really is. You're filling time, so you're telling stories. And for me, it's about including stories, having a continuity with the team, including a sense of humor as well. But what I take pride in and has annoyed many people is that I never call a home run the same way twice. As compared to John Sterling, who sings at times and he has all these rhymes and comes up with the nicknames, whatever. I'm pulling from culture. I'm pulling from current events. I'm I'm doing all kinds of crazy (laughs) things. 
And last season, I did my wackiest home run call ever, which is saying something because I've done all kinds of weird. But this one involves the longest tenured Long Island Duck. He's a great young guy, now in his 30s, Dan Lyons. He's the shortstop for the Long Island Ducks. And I had something prepared for a home run. He's not a home run hitter. Hits a handful of homers every year. I was doing a play-by-play with Chris King on that particular night. Yeah. Chris, longtime voice of the Long Island of uh, the New yeah, York Islanders, of course, yeah. and he's been with the Ducks since the beginning, as I have. But we had it worked out so that even if I was doing color during the innings when I was doing analysis instead yeah. of the play-by-play, Chris said, "If Lyons hits one out, hits one out, I'm going to back off the mic and you take over." So it was a tag team approach. <laughs> so Chris said, uh, "You know, Lyons at the plate. There's a long, long shot to left. Gone." And that's something Chris would never do. Usually he shouts gone and cracks window shields, uh, windshields with that. He said gone. He backed up in the mic. And I took over. Would you like to hear it? Of course. All right. So this I could do it from the top of my head because it's my favorite home run call. <laughs> I, I leaned into the mic. Dan Lyons just did a homer. And I said, Wizard of Oz, Lions and Ribbies and Homers, oh my. Lions and ribbies and homers, oh my. We're off to run the bases. Dan Lyons just hit a home run. He hit the ball right over the wall. Dan Lyons just hit a home run. If ever there was a Long Island duck who brought us some luck, it's Danny the duck. Because, 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 because. Danny is a wonderful duck. Nah, 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 nah. We're off to run the bases. Dan Lyons just hit a home run. Dan Lyons clicks his spikes three times and says, There's no place like home plate. There's no place like home plate. Toto, I don't think that ball's in central Islip anymore. Dan Lyons, home run. That home run call took so long to get through, the next batter had already made out. (laughs) And it was one and two on the subsequent batter. It was the longest home run call. Chris is on the floor laughing. But that's that's the kind of thing I love to do. Was that that prepared? That that was prepared. Others I've done off the top of my head, but mostly I'll come up with a few ideas and then try to... Any others that stick out in your mind? That that one is spectacular. Spectacular. Any others come out in your mind? Your second favorite? But... Second for oh, gosh, no. I, I've done it. Yeah. so different. Well, I did one earlier this season where I just, I, I had seen Top Gun the night before. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan, but the movie is so good. And, and, I, um, <laughs> and somebody, I'm not sure who, won, uh, who hit it or whatever. You know, I think it was Mark Krause who hits these moonshot yeah. home runs. He's the first baseman and, and outfielder, outfielder for the Ducks. Left fa- left-handed batter. Hits very long home runs, very high like Aaron Judge. And I said, that one's deep to right. I feel the need for speed. And then I said something like, talk to me, Goose. Talk to me. It's no good. Talk to me. I don't know why that came to me. (laughs) And then I said something like, uh, you know, that ball's requesting a flyby of Beth Page Ballpark. I'm sorry. Pattern is full. And I I did like one line after another from Top Gun. It just came into my head. So, again, they're wacky home runs. I've I've been doing songs like the Wizard of Oz song, whatever. But the players seem to get a big kick out of it. That's all I care. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the great David Weiss talking about his home run calls for the Long Island Ducks. So what type of audience do you have? Do you have any sense? And you know, one thing about radio, you really, never really know, you know who's out there and who's listening. Uh, what type of feedback do you get from people who listen? Uh, we get a lot of emails, so we get a lot of feedback. Obviously, there are diehard Long, Long Island Duck fans. What has really helped, uh, although we don't have a radio signal this year, we don't have an affiliation with any radio station. We have 103.9 LI yeah. News tonight or LI News Radio. We had yeah. that for a while. Um, and if you go back further, we had other stations involved, WLIE, this station, yeah. you know, for a good many years. But now the combination of YouTube Live and Facebook Live, and you can see the number of viewers up on the yeah, screen. We, we do that when Mark is here. Uh, he right. sets things up and, and checks that. We look after every show, see how we did. But, yeah, so you, 
you take a look at that and you get a sense, you get feedback. And we do. So it could be, you know, it could be in the hundreds, uh, you know, it could be more than that at times. It, it depends on the game and, and what's yeah. going on, whatever. But we, we get very positive feedback about the broadcast because the Ducks have such a loyal audience, a core audience that has been with them since from the beginning, and they want to know what's happening. And this has been another successful yeah. season for the Ducks. Yeah, you know, I, I usually say when we do that, I say, you know, on Facebook, you can talk you know, about us or talk to us. Right. You know, if you talk about us, you know, please be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we, we, actually, we, actually, we actually started this show, we, Mark and I have been doing this for 10 years. Uh, we wow. moved on to AM radio a few years ago. The first four or five years we did on the Internet, mostly, you know, out of his spare bedroom. It's like Wayne's World. And then we, but, but, you know, you get, you get a following like that. It's like yeah. the old pirate radio days. I mean, you're going to get a yeah. following and you get people who, you know, love this yeah. kind of stuff. So one of the other things that you do is you edit Golfing Magazine. And uh, I played golf with you. Not well. You play a lot better than I do. Uh, not anymore. But uh, so let's talk a little about the magazine. And uh, it's the magazine where mostly if you subscribe, you get uh, to play some courses, right? Exactly. The Golfing Magazine, which can be found at golfingmagli.com, by the way. Uh, I've been with John Glozek Jr., who is the publisher of the magazine, for, let's say, several years now, going back to 2010. Uh, he brought me aboard as an editor. We've been friends for 25 years. And I'm an avid golfer. I'm a mediocre golfer. You know, most times I stink. But I love the game. I love golfers. I love interviewing golfers and creating stories uh, about average people or the pros that I get to meet. And by being editor of Golfing Magazine, I get to play courses that would otherwise have me shot on site if I wandered on by accident. <laughs> right. So, uh, it, But it's been a well, wonderful experience uh, being with the magazine. And, yes, if you subscribe, you get free greens fees at courses in our so-called free golf program. Uh, there are some limitations. You have to play during the week or before a certain yeah. time of day. But you get to play on a number of great courses across the area. So what's your favorite course? The best course on Long Island to me. Not my favorite course. The best course on Long Island is Beth Page Black. I don't think there's any doubt about have, that. Have you played it? Yeah, and I, I, I can't. I can't. You have to be a long hitter. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I would never play it. I, you know, I just I shoot you know three hundred. No, it's a masochistic course. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You're right. I've never broken a hundred at Beth Page Black, even playing from the white tees or any tees that you can yeah. get as close to the fairway. There are so many holes at Beth Page Black where you have to hit it 220 yards on the fly. To reach the fairway. Otherwise, yeah. you're in, you know, the muck, and you, yeah. you can't get you your can't ball. So, but Beth Page Black's probably the best course. But um, some of my favorites include um, Hamlet Willow Creek, which is in uh, Mount Sinai, Corum, that area, mm -hmm. whatever. That's one of the newer courses. That's a beautiful course. I love Cherry Creek out in Riverhead, the one with the par six, the 18th hole is a yes, par, par six, six, the only par six on Long Island. And Eileen McCaffrey's a good friend, the general manager and head golf pro. There are so many great courses on Long Island. And Brent, even Brentwood Country Club, which is a shorter course, the head pro is a great friend of mine, Doug Jansen, who's given me golf lessons yeah. to no avail. And it's just, there are so many great Actually, courses. Brentwood's one I haven't played. I know my, my brother's played it. My son's played it. They tell me I should play it, that it's a good course. It's worth playing. And it's shorter. It, it, yeah. There's a premium on accuracy, but you and I can play it because you don't have to be a 300-yard driver. Yeah. Well, you know, I, when I play with my son, uh, he's had some back issues. So he hasn't played much. Anymore. He's, he's 30 years old. So it's like, you know, the 800-pound gorilla. He gets up, he hits the ball, you know, 300 yards off the tee, and I wow. make it up in the short game. Right. You know, he gets on, on the green to hit the ball, and he hits up 300 yards. That's the, the gorilla playing golf. <laughs> hits the ball, you know, eight, 300 yards, gets up on the green, second hits the ball 300 yards. Yeah, right. So I, I can always, you know, make up in the short game. But, uh, you know, that's uh, a lot, lot of good courses. So in the magazine, was the magazine aimed at the average golfer? Is it aimed at the good golfer? Is it aimed at, you know, what type of uh, audience are you aiming the magazine at? I'd say it's aimed for everyone, but I'd say more so toward the public course golfer. 
Um, obviously, there are so many exclusive country clubs on Long Island that take deep pockets to join. But there are so many other courses that you can enjoy. Uh, sometimes it's 100 bucks around. It could be 50 bucks around or, or less. Uh, but it's aimed more for the public golfer. And especially when you have major championships held here, of which there are many. The U.S. Open at Shinnecock next year. This year it was uh, at the Northern Trust, the first tournament of the FedEx Cup, which just ended today, in fact. Mm. That was played at Glen Oaks, a new course mm. uh, as far as the uh, rotation for yeah. you know, this major championship. And, uh, you know, for golfers to get a feel of what it's like at these championships or to play public courses, that's what the magazine is really centered on. So what else are you doing these days? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, I've got two beautiful daughters, the older of whom has special needs and is doing very, very well, the younger of whom is now working full-time at Newsday on the okay. digital side. Uh, so, uh, you know. And I've, you're I've, on I've, every weekend on 1010 Wins. 1010 10 Wins, uh, not only every Sunday, but anytime they call me in, I'll be working some drive-time shifts in the afternoon uh, in the coming weeks. So, and, uh, you know, keep them busy. We-